Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Bree Williams about how she helps entrepreneurs improve their live video skills and implement strategies to gain visibility and grow their businesses. Bree draws on her entrepreneurial experience, as well as 15 plus years of learning and development management and her counseling, psychometrics and NPL credentials. In 2018, Bree founded How to Present, offering public speaking, coaching and consultation. She has worked with hundreds of online entrepreneurs since then to improve their video skills and implement strategies to gain visibility and grow their businesses. She also regularly works with corporate clients, bringing their marketing and learning efforts online and improving their camera confidence, presence, and effectiveness. In 2020, she co-founded Speak Online to Shine to enable online entrepreneurs who want to position themselves as experts in their field to gain paid speaking opportunities and regular guest appearances on podcasts, summits, and events to their market, to market their services and programs. Australian born with 10 years of living in London, Brie is now based in the south of France and has extensive experience with the cultural and communication needs and nuances of global audience. Welcome Brie. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here today. Could you tell us a little bit about like how you came to be where you are today, like your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, I'd love to. I started out as a counselor, actually. I studied counseling uh, and decided pretty quickly that my personality and my work style was suited more towards a coaching and teaching role <laughs> uh, because I loved um, I loved the solutions focus and the, the problem solving of counseling. Uh, but I found that I was probably a little more action oriented, like the results side of working with people. And so I decided that I would take more of a turn into the human resources area and then eventually into learning and development specifically uh, because I loved the learning aspect. I love working within businesses to help the different parts of the business grow in different ways. But I've always had a focus on communication because I think it is actually a life skill and that no matter what you're doing, you are going to benefit if you invest in your communication skills. So when I was in a position to start my own business, I thought about all of the different aspects of all of my roles over the years and decided that I really wanted to focus on the public speaking aspect because I had seen that people who spoke up in the corporate environment got different opportunities. They weren't necessarily the most qualified people. They weren't necessarily the hardest workers. In fact, there were lots of people in the business that didn't get those opportunities who were really great at their jobs. But I realized that I really wanted to help the people who had those skills unlock being able to talk about them, being able to share what they know and help other people and obviously give themselves the opportunity to succeed as well by being able to communicate their own value within the organization. Uh, so it was a natural extension to turn that to people in the online world. As I started my own business, I realized that I was having some challenges with speaking up. And so it, it quickly turned to live video 
online speaking opportunities and that world. Uh, so I was able to bring some of my corporate experience to that. Which is really helpful in today's era. <laughs> well, 2020 has been interesting, that's for sure. And um, because whereas people were telling me in 2019, well, you know, I'll get to live video, I'll get to video uh, at some point in my business. All of a sudden in 2020, I was, yeah, I got a lot of phone calls, a lot of, hey, I need to be on camera yesterday. How, how, do I, how do I get started? How can I feel more confident? So do you, because I was reading and they're like, do you help them with content creation too, or just their confidence being on camera? I help them with both aspects. So I firmly believe that when you talk about content that you know really well, you can feel more confident. So you're not so worried about all the remembering all the things that you want to speak about you you're talking about things that are natural to you and you know as natural as if I said what what did you do last weekend you just recall that and tell me and you know I encourage people to find these topics when they're initially starting out that they know inside out so they don't have the mental load of both learning the, the the camera side of things as well as remembering a bunch of content but then obviously we want to get to a point fairly quickly where we make sure that the content is exactly what the audience wants to hear as well. And that's where we focus on creating connections with their ideal client within their audience and also talking about the stories that help people see how they can help them as well. Okay. Are there some common mistakes that you see your clients making? Not speaking is the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Becoming so uh, overwhelmed with the idea of turning up that they simply don't show up at all. And so kind of letting it become bigger than it is. Try and encourage people to think about going live and creating video content as a conversation. It's, the, it's a conversation starter. So you can ask people questions in your videos you can ask them to let you know what you you you're interested to learn from them as well and focus on inviting people into your world every single day so even if you create a live video people might still be watching that a week or a month from from that time when you've made it so creating videos in a way that pose questions and really focus on engaging people out there so that beyond the live video that you've made, you're still having people contacting you as they find your content and giving you the opportunity to start conversations outside of, of, of that initial video. That's okay. Who is an ideal client for you? I absolutely love working with coaches who want to position themselves as experts in their field. So positioning themselves because they do have expertise. <laughs> so as somebody who has a deep knowledge uh, of their particular field and has results, either their own or clients' results that they can speak about. I think that makes for a really rich uh, content that they can share confidently. And so they tend to be the clients that I can help the most uh, as opposed to working with like a sales team or um, someone who's purely in marketing. I really like working with people who have um, created a level of expertise and they need some help to unlock that and share that with other people. 
So how do how do they tend to find you? Like how do you tend to get out in front of everyone? I know you've been talking about like going live and stuff. So is that one of your techniques? I do um, use live video, definitely. And also I write for an, an app, a personal development app called Live More. And I share my content um, on podcasts and basically look for different online stages. I would absolutely love to get back to a physical stage when we have that opportunity. Um, but for right now, <laughs> it's all happening online. So <laughs> events, live video, podcasts, and, you know, the, the usual online stages. And one of the big shifts that I found in my own business when I was looking to expand my audience was guest speaking in other people's Facebook groups. So people would um, make contact with me or I'd make contact with them. And then, you know, if we're aligned, I would come and speak with their audience. So I found that a lot of people were, um, were in total agreement that speaking skills were important, but they didn't have that expertise themselves to share with their audience. And that's where I often get invited to come and share and how to grow your confidence on social media and specific techniques around live video as well. Fine. What, I'm gonna switch it up a little bit on you. What are some big goals that you're looking to achieve over the next year or two? I mean, definitely a big goal for me is to get back onto a physical stage. I'm somebody that has spent many, many years in an office, in the classroom, uh, at big events, I am, I would say, actually an ambivert. I probably um, present as fairly extroverted. I definitely have introverted tendencies as well. Uh, but I really do enjoy the completely different dynamic of being in a room with people. And I know I'm not alone uh, in missing that. But I, there's something really special about events and, and the energy that that creates and the shifts that people can have when you are physically in a space together. So um, although that's something that I have done before, I haven't been able to do that for a long time. So I would love to get back to a physical stage um, as, as a goal as soon as possible, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Cross our fingers. <laughs> exactly. So getting back to that, physical stage aspect how would that change your business that would be a an energy shift definitely for me in my business I think that the online space is we're, we're so lucky in so many ways that we're connected you and I can be connected like this on completely opposite sides of the planet that still fills me with a bit of wonder um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I really am. And I know a lot of people have been able to continue to run their businesses over this year because we have this online space. Um, but I am still fully aware that if I had the opportunity to go to places in person, that then there would be a different dynamic in my business because there's something about being able to look at people in the eye, being able to look at them face to face that I think builds trust in a different way. Um, I think the, the, the very best thing that you can do online is go and, and show your face on video because that is the very best way that people can understand a little bit more about you. What we're doing is basically trying to replicate the, um, 
the exchange that we can have in person. Uh, this is the closest thing we can do, right? But I, I do think that relationship building and networking, it does feel different in person. Yeah, I was thinking too, like that whole no like and trust factor is completely different. Yeah. When, not to say it this way, but when you're breathing the same air. Through a mask. Do you think, normally this is like, what's the number one roadblock that's stopping you? So is there anything other than our current 2020 situation that's stopping you from achieving that online, or sorry, that on-stage presence? At the moment, I mean, obviously, global pandemic does put a, a slight dampener on my plans. And, but what I would say as well is that I'm, I'm a mum. I've got two young kids. My youngest is two. And when I started my business, he was tiny, tiny, newborn. Um, and so I didn't want to be away from home. I wanted to be with my babies, uh, even my big babies. <laughs> uh, now, you know, there's definitely... Um, some freedom in the in having no choice at the moment where you say all right I'm just going all in online and appreciating what I've got here which is you know fairly constant access to my very young family who still want to hang out with me because they're young and they want to want cuddles <laughs> and to to hang out you know I realized that they'll get busy and that friends will become as important as family at some point I really do you know understand that as soon as they're born, they're changing and they need you in different ways. And so I'm just enjoying being at home uh, with my kiddos and my husband in an enforced situation, but, you know, genuinely grateful in that we've um, become very creative around how to keep ourselves entertained <laughs> and also physically active and all of those things where you've just got to make the most of what you have and, and a simplified life has actually been a real benefit to our family as well yeah and like that could be a perk too right like you're home every night for bedtime yeah I used yeah. to spend three hours a day commuting in London I used That's to drive my daughter to the to daycare in the morning and I would be watching my watch <laughs> my clock the entire time thinking if I don't leave here in the next 30 seconds I'm going to miss my train and if I miss my train after you know it was stressful it was horrible um and this you know I I drive five minutes that way and take my kids to school and then I have a lot more day mm -hmm. to do what I want and then when I get them at the end of the day I'm I'm done. I'm ready. I'm ready to be there with them. And that's a huge change. And, um, but that's as much moving out of London <laughs> as a global <laughs> pandemic. Do you think you'll stay doing it kind of like you are right now after things, let's say, go back to normal? Or do you think you'd move back to all that commuting and stuff? Oh, no. No, that's a one way street. <laughs> 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 there are some things you know for a season for a season in my life when I was you know 20 something when I moved to London it made total sense to be on the tube and live in a city and do all of that and now this makes sense and I go to the beach and I go to the mountains and I'm trying to learn French and I'm living a much simpler life with my family and I would not exchange that really for anything 
That's awesome. Uh, what's the best advice that you have ever received? Well, as, as soon as you say advice, I think of my parents who have always said to me, work hard, save lots. <laughs> I've always had a, a good work ethic. I enjoy what I do. So it doesn't, you know, sure, there are some harder bits, but I genuinely love the work that I do. Um, and they've always provided me with an example of an entrepreneurial spirit. My parents were high school teachers uh, when I was young, and then they bought and sold multiple businesses. They've done everything from real estate to running hotels to owning a gas station to running a office supply store. You know, they, they really um, had that spirit of adventure and they knew that they needed a strong foundation to be able to make moves like that and support two young kids at the same time as well. And lo and behold, look at what I'm doing. <laughs> Repeating my parents' story uh, a few years later, you know. They, they yeah. have always been an amazing example for me. I, I was going to say you would have, learned a lot through their experiences right yes I moved 21 times by the time I was 18 years old so I knew a lot about packing and unpacking boxes and I always wanted variety in my life when I was younger I traveled a lot saw a lot of the world I met my husband while I was traveling he worked in travel so we ended up going to wonderful places in the world miss those days for sure <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think that spirit of, spirit of adventure has stayed with me. Not many people move from Australia to England and then let alone off to France after that because they've always wanted to learn French. So yeah, I try and bring that spirit of adventure and um, for my kids as well. I want them to know that they can do, um, I mean, obviously whatever they want, if they, uh, if they work hard at it and they have some level of skill in that area. And, um, you know, I want them to know that it's possible as well. And that it's, that so many things are learnable, that it's, it's not a matter of being born with, with certain things. You can, you can work for them, you can learn. And, you know, that confidence and that bravery element that has probably had me doing a few crazy things in my lifetime. I, you know, I wouldn't mind if I passed that on to my kids as well. <laughs> Um, I was going to tease you and be like, lots of people learn French a different way than just fully submersing themselves in it. I, I have heard of Rosetta Stone, but it didn't work for me. <laughs> and that's why we're all different, right? And it works for you. So that's awesome. <laughs> What's the best advice that you've ever given? Well, I'm going to have to ask someone that I gave advice to. I, I don't actually give a lot of advice. I tend to ask questions. I think that's maybe default coaching mode and maybe counselor training, but I don't, I don't mind um, giving a directive, but what I know to be true for the people that I work with is that when they come up with the ideas, they're so much more likely to stick to them. So I tend to stay away from outright advice and I hope that I ask curious questions that help people have a few light bulb moments here and there. That's true about like when you make them think it's their idea 
spend no more joy. It reminds me of my big fat Greek wedding when the mom is like, the dad's the head, but the mom is the neck and makes the turn. <laughs> <laughs> but you did say something that was really good just before we started recording our interview. Maybe you can touch on that part. Yes. I know. Now we're both trying to figure out what it was again. Um, oh, by not going li by going live and and enhancing my communication actually helps my business thrive rather than. And then I can work on my business and not in the business. All right. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> the, one of the things that I see very often when people come to me is that they feel as though they should be going live and they should be showing up in their business, but they feel very overwhelmed by doing something that essentially feels very much out of their comfort zone and feels like they're learning in the public eye. Um, but what I have found to help a lot of people is the fact that when they do start going live, when they do start speaking to market their business, they get more business. <laughs> so they're not so busy hustling. They actually start attracting people um, to their business more easily. And when they're speaking, people see who they really are. They see a lot more of their personality, their values. It speaks to a different segment of your audience in a different way. So if they've only been reading your posts and they like your posts and they think you sound clever and, you know, that you could offer them something and then you show up and the way that you show up only confirms what they were thinking about you and creating an even more positive experience, it means that this hustle mentality that a lot of people get stuck in and almost the, the problem becomes solved really quickly as you start to attract more people in your business. So you're not spending so much time working in your business, doing all the very many things, all the hats that you wear. You can work on your business. You're being more strategic about it. And by employing a speaking strategy, you actually don't have to do all the very many things that you feel like you should quote unquote be doing and it creates leverage in your business by making certain parts of that process easier attracting people in a in a greater volume so that you don't need to work so hard to actually create the income that you need each month and it's something that i've experienced personally and I think that it's one of the, the most common things that people say to me who I work with as well, that once they started speaking, it opened up new opportunities. And once they invested in their communication skills, and by invest, I don't necessarily mean coaching programs. It could be just investing the time to learn, investing discipline in the process. So people who have speaking confidence don't always follow an outline, for example, and, and find themselves missing their call to action or forgetting to do their conclusion, not recapping, not tying things up in a bow so their audience truly understands the message that they're sharing. So it's, it, it's by creating these opportunities to present an even clearer message, invite people into your world consistently. They just find that things become a lot easier that have felt really hard in the past.
it would totally help being able to like do lives where you have all that confidence and you'd like you said like you don't have to worry about missing your call to action or oh that really important part that I wanted to get out which would then lead to more confidence if I don't forget it right <laughs> mm. I am um, I was talking to a client just earlier and she's saying sometimes you know I just wake up and I've got something on my mind and I record it and that's my podcast I was like okay does your income reflect the number of podcast episodes that you've created and the number of guest speaking opportunities that you've had in the last 12 months? Has it changed at all? And she's like, no. <laughs> okay, try a call to action then. <laughs> you know, we, we have to know that when we're speaking, we have this opportunity to create connections. And so I'm not saying you have to turn up and be selling all the time. You know, sometimes you just want to show up and share who you are and what you're all about and what your values are and who you can help. I totally get that. A thought, a, you know, it doesn't have to be on all the time. But the reality is we're in business. And so if you turned up to a job and just kind of worked when you felt like it and finished the project when you felt like it, you wouldn't be in a job for very long. So we need to hold ourselves accountable to the same level of expectation and, and take up our space a little bit more confidently as well. Because I think that part of this pulling back before we've fully realized job done can be a confidence issue as well. It didn't work, but you know, it's not, it's not like I really tried my hardest. So, you know, if I did try my hardest in the future, then I'm sure it would work. <laughs> it, it's, it's this kind of mental stuff, the, the stories that we tell ourselves that can get in the way of communicating clearly, connecting with the people that we really want to connect with in our audience. And this opportunity to create a positive feedback loop where we do follow through and we see the results out of that. And then we improve. And we see the results out of that. You know, it's, it's that ongoing, continuous improvement that we're looking for here. And, and if you fully commit to it, then you know that you have done the best job that you can. And so you can truly measure the results against that. And know, you know, it's, it's never a done deal, right? We're always developing. We're always growing. Um, but the way that you're going to grow the fastest is when you really fully commit to it. Mm-hmm. So true. Mm. Is there anything that you would like to share with us that I haven't asked you yet? Options, options. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sorry. <laughs> what I'd love to share with your audience is this. If you are feeling as though you want to show up, but you haven't yet, start with what you know. Start with the topics and the information that you know inside out so that you can just get started. Because every single video that you watch online started out with someone doing a terrible first video. I made a terrible first video. I made a terrible second to 10 first video. <laughs> they were bad, but I couldn't get to the point where I'd made a hundred videos or multiple hundred videos. <laughs> without making the first one. And so you can intellectualize this whole process as much as you want. You can do all the training courses, you can watch all the TED Talks, but you'll only really start to improve once you take action. And there are ways to do that that in involve little to no risk. 
that will help you improve. So that, that's my message to your audience. Just get started so that you can get to where you want to go. And even, even if those first videos are bad, it's, it can be a great way for people to be able to feel like they can relate to you too, right? It can Absolutely. be like, yeah, it can be for your good, not, not only or just for the negative aspect of it. We are absolutely our own worst critics. In fact, we're really quite terrible at being objective. And so if you create videos that other people can see, ask for a second opinion. Don't just take your own um, version of events to decide whether it was good, bad, or whether you just need to hit delete. You should really validate with your audience. You know, you are not the best judge of whether a, a video is great of yourself because we don't like watching ourselves. It's unnatural. We don't like listening to ourselves mostly. <laughs> Some people really do, but most people don't. And so it's completely natural to think, oh, is that what I look and sound like? That's, uh, you know, terrible. But that's a natural reaction. And I encourage people to focus on the audience. Are you helping them? Are you sharing information that will just save them time or solve a problem or make them feel good or entertain them you know if so keep going <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again Bree, for this great interview how can people find out more about you and what you do if you would like to learn more about me, I encourage you to come to howtopresent.com or I'm on Facebook or LinkedIn um, under How to Present or Brie Williams. Come and connect. Come say hi. I'd love to meet you. Awesome. Thank you again. And we'll keep in touch. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review and I'll catch you on the next episode.